thank you so much for joining the Faith Chapel podcast. Wherever you may be joining us from, we hope that you know that you are loved and that this message encourages you throughout your week. I believe God's going to do something, huh? I believe God's going to do something. I believe God wants to do something. And I believe that God works through and always works through his people. You can be seated and so glad that you're here. Get your, uh, get your electronic device out. You can open up your app, if you will. And there's no notes today. I'm giving you an opportunity, since there's no notes, I'm giving you an opportunity to give. Amen. And all God's people said, I'll just say this and we'll move on for time's sake, but where your money is, there's your heart also. That's what Jesus said. And help us to continue to reach people around the world. Help us to, to reach people in our own community. Help us to continue to do the work of ministry. Help us to continue to stream. And online, there's a place to give as well. But we appreciate your faithfulness in giving and what God is doing. We appreciate all of that because we know without you, there's really nothing that we can do. You make everything happen for us. Well, years ago, and for those of you that are watching online, those of you that are here that may not know, years ago when this building was built, a pastor, his name was George Gregg. At that time, this was the largest church in San Diego. He would bring the people together occasionally, and he would say, we're, we're going to have a family meeting. Well, if you're watching online or you're here this morning and you're new, let me just say it's going to be a little bit different because we're, we're calling a, a family meeting today. So there's gonna be a little information, there's gonna be a little inspiration, there's gonna be a little teaching, there's gonna be a little bit of everything, which makes it a little bit different than a normal message or a normal Sunday for me. But I felt like it was important for us to address, address what happens now. What does the church look like today? Where are we moving towards? What is God speaking to our hearts? How are we moving forward in this post 19 pandemic church? What's it look like? And so this morning, I want every one of you to travel with me to a part of the world that is deeply and spiritually lost. In fact, the entire territory has 40 million people living in it. To the casual eye, this part of the world seems to be thriving. Many of the major worldwide corporations have their home offices located there, influential people, people in social media, science, technology, sports, and so on, live within its borders. So not only is it a place of great influence, but it's also a great place of great wealth. It makes this region the fifth largest economy in the world with well over $3.1 trillion. It also has, it's also a destination place that's filled with tours throughout the year because of its sandy beaches, beautiful mountains, and, and other attractions. And of that 40 million people that live there, 25 million people live in the southern part of that territory. And 17 million of those 25 million, or 68%, have never heard of an adequate presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that we here at Faith Chapel are a strong missions church, and we provide assistance to missionaries and missions projects all around the world, and we have especially been focused on the 1040 window. That's that rectangular area from North Africa, the Middle East to Asia, that's approximately 10 degrees north and 40 degrees latitude. 
And of the 55, these contain the 55 least evangelized nations in the entire world, and 97% of their population lives, lives in that 1040 window. And as a missions-minded church, though, I'm wondering how many of us could come together and focus on and maybe expand our area just a little bit, this area that I'm presenting today. An area that needs, an area that needs our influence. In a world that is, this area influences the entire world, we need to influence this area. <clears throat> the place of commerce, place filled with diversity, nationalities from all over the world. And so you say, where is this place? <clears throat> well, if I could tell you this morning, it's simply the place that we call home. You see, here, here in Southern California, there are 40 million people living in California. 25 million of those live right here in Southern California. And 17 million of those, or 68%, have never had an adequate presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These 17 million people are made up of people from across the globe, young and old, rich and poor, educated and not, and the numbers aren't any better for us right here in San Diego. The mayor's office a few years ago put this statistic out that 94% of those living in San Diego County do not attend a house of worship at all on any given weekend. Can I just say for someone who loves the Lord and knows that he is the solution and the answer, not only for our eternity, but for our today. That simply is not okay. And I think for any one of us that really love God with all of our heart, we have to say this cannot be okay. That we've been placed as missionaries right in the middle of one of the greatest harvest fields, maybe in all the world, and yet, 80 per, and yet 94% of those people don't attend a house of worship. They're not connected with God. They don't have an adequate presentation of the gospel. We know what we're supposed to do. Jesus said, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What's interesting to me is that God called a bunch of people who are unprepared and ill-equipped. So let me just speak to you this morning. Maybe you feel ill-prepared and, un, I mean, unprepared and ill-equipped. Maybe right now you're like, I don't have a Bible degree. I just gave my life to Christ recently. I don't have scripture memorized. I don't know how this whole thing works. I don't know what I'm really supposed to be doing. Then I have great news for you because God used people that were unprepared and ill-equipped just like you. They were called the original disciples and they changed the world. And I'm just wondering that if we were to get a passion for God in our life, that we would really get full of the Holy Spirit, we will really allow God to do something on the inside of each and every one of us, that we would come to the table of God every single day and ask God to break our heart for the law. If God wouldn't work through our lives and through the church the way he did in the local, the way he did in that first church on the day of Pentecost. So I wanna break this down into what Jesus said just a little bit. He said, come and follow me. He's telling them to come and to follow. Not only to come, but also to follow. And this is written in the imperative form. It's an exclamatory word, meaning come at once, right now, don't delay. And Jesus was saying, listen, you need to come right away. And it is always good to obey the Lord when he gives you a directive. How many of you know what I'm talking about, amen? Like delayed obedience is what? <clears throat> Disobedience. And so when God speaks, it's time to engage, it's time to move forward, it's time to make things happen. And that his is the way that the Lord comes to the disciples. I need you to move right now and come and to follow me. And we know what that directive is for all of us. For all of us that call ourselves Christians, we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples. 
It's time to listen to that imperative and even the emotion that is behind it. Go right now. We gotta go. We've gotta get up. We've gotta make something happen. We've gotta make sure that we're living testimonies of Jesus Christ. He goes on to say, I will make. It's an interesting term. The term make is defined as manufactured, constructed, or cause. So what is Jesus saying to the disciples? He says, I'm going to cause you to be fishers of men. If you'll come to me, I'm going to construct something inside of your heart that will cause you to to want to share the gospel, that will recognize the lostness of humanity. Well, let me stop and ask right now, is it possible that we as the Big C Church, that we're not doing a good job at reaching the lost, and we weren't doing a good job before? I'm talking about Big C Church now the Church of America. We weren't doing a good job pre-pandemic. So let's just be honest, right? There's 175 to 200 churches closing every single week. There are a 1,000 pastors leaving the ministry every single week. We're not doing a good job. So let me just ask this question. Is it possible that we're not doing a good job because we're not going to Jesus and allowing him to make or cause or construct in us a passion for the lost. See, it all started there, and Jesus knew it. He said, the disciples, you're not going to be able to do anything without me. Without me, you can do nothing, but with me, you can do all things. So come to me and follow me, and then I will construct, I will cause something to happen on the inside of you that allows you to have a burden and a passion for lost people. The people that filmed the Jesus Project, the Jesus Film Project, They reported that 72.4% of church-going believers never or almost never share their faith. Here's what's interesting. A LifeWay study found that 80% of the people that attend church on a regular basis feel like it is their personal responsibility to share their faith. What does this tell us? That 80% of the people say, it's my personal responsibility, but yet almost 75% of them are not doing it at all. Now, there's a lot of reasons that we can't explore today why that might be happening, but I'm just simply saying that in our text, Jesus said, if you'll come to me, I'll cause that to happen. If you'll come to me, I'll construct that in your life. If God, in other words, is doing something on the inside of you, if he's alive and doing things in you, you'll be able to share that with others. The whole reason that I was able to come to the place where I gave my life to Christ and found the Assemblies of God Church and be called into the ministry because the people I hung out with kept telling me what God was doing in their life. And even though I was attending another church, God wasn't doing that in my life. And it stirred something on the inside of me that wanted, that caused me to want to be involved, that wanted to go and to see what was happening in their church, that God was working in their life, but not mine. So can I tell you, church, that if God's not doing anything in your life, you've got nothing to share. But if God is doing something in your life, it becomes a natural byproduct of telling people what God is doing. Because when God is working, it's almost too hard to keep it to yourself. Can I hear an amen out there? See, we've got to come to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to build a passion for the lost inside of us. Let me pick it up. Jesus also said, I will make you. This is the This has to become personal for you. I will make you. It's gotta become personal. We can't depend upon our brothers and sisters, our church or our pastors. We can't can't depend upon a parachurch ministry or people or a televangelist or Christian radio to do the job for us. It has to be our job. We must share the gospel with other people. 
And then Jesus finishes this short directive by saying that he would make them fishers of men. The word men here is just simply translated the whole human race. So what is the responsibility you have? It's to tell everyone that you come in contact with that Jesus is the savior of the world. That's how we become fishers of men. There's a little symbolism here that the, the disciples would pick up on that you and I wouldn't. And let me just throw these out there very quickly. The sea that he's talking about, is the tr it's the troubled and sinful world, Isaiah 57, 20. He said, but the wicked are like the tossing of the sea. They cannot rest. The wicked are the sea. They represent the lost people of the world. The fish are the souls of all humanity. The net is the kingdom of Christ or the kingdom of God. Even Jesus himself said in Matthew 13, 47, once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. We're the net and we're to be fishermen. Jeremiah 16, 16, I will send many fishermen, declares the Lord, and they will catch them. You know, the interesting thing is, is that it's almost nine out of 10 people that were surveyed said that they would have probably attend church with someone if they were asked. All you have to do is ask. So what am I saying? I'm saying that the gospel has to be the main thing in the church, that our lives have to center around sharing the message in word and in deed. Christ's message is the gospel message, and the church must be the gospel. The church must be gospel-centered in all things that we do. We have to keep that the main thing. Without the gospel, we're not a church, in other words. You can't be the church of the living God. You can't be the church that talks about Jesus and not keep the gospel in center place. Does that make sense to everyone? The gospel is all about Jesus and Jesus is about this church. So when we keep the main thing the main thing, well, programmatically, one of the main things that this church has is our Sunday experience. All the ministry that happens here on Sunday is vital. I mean, for several reasons. It's the greatest number of people, the greatest number of people receiving ministry, the greatest number of people serving in ministry. It's the greatest opportunity for people to give their tithe or their offering. It's the greatest opportunity to worship, to pray, to hear God's word. It's the greatest opportunity and exposure for our guests and to our community, including our online campus. We have Full Silver's Children's Ministry that ministers to kids in all ages and age-appropriate levels. And it's the greatest opportunity for people to receive Christ. How many of you know that sounds pretty important? And if it's important and it really is that important, then why would we want anything to compete with Sunday morning? I think the simple answer is simply this, right? We wouldn't. And as the church moves forward from COVID-19, we cannot allow anything, and I mean anything, to compete with Sundays. This is our weekly Super Bowl moment. And listen to me carefully, as society begins to open up more and more and more, and our attendance each and every week continues to increase, can I tell you that we don't have enough workers right now to do Sunday at the level of excellence that we need? Not ushers, not greeters, not sound, not production, not FC kids. We don't have enough workers to do what we need to do. I'm grateful that you've had a year off. That's more than your one-week vacation, Amen. But maybe now's the time to re-engage and get back into serving God and serving his church. I mean, in the past, people weren't even able to serve because of growth groups on Sunday morning. We had people tell us that they couldn't serve. They wanted to be in a growth group. That's where connectivity was. That's where they wanted to receive ministry. They didn't want to leave early. They felt uncomfortable leaving earlier or going into a class late. And because we only had also one service, it made it difficult for them. Can I just tell you this, that our FC Kids ministry actually lost 
volunteers because we had one service. And so at this time, listen to me, we are not going, just at this time, we're not gonna add any additional programming to Sundays. Why? Because Sundays are important. So at this point, you have a lot of questions. And you're, and you're thinking about your specific area that affects you concerning Sunday morning. And that's natural, and I get it, and I understand. And you might even start becoming upset and you're starting to tune me out. Please don't do that. Let's be more mature than that. Can we listen to everything I have to say so we know what we're called to do as an entire church? And all God's people said, amen. So listen, as your pastor, this is important for you to know. From the very beginning of this global pandemic, it has been incredibly hard for our staff and for me to meet everyone's expectations. I call it the COVID-19 scale of comfort. On one side, we have these people that are against everything, right? Wearing masks, being, out, being outdoors, social distancing, and the like, right? It goes on and on and on. And on the other side, we have people in our church that are concerned for their health and their well-being, and they have people in their home that are pre-existing conditions, or they work in the healthcare industry, and they have to be extremely careful. And we have these two extremes. And here we are, as pastors, stuck right in the middle, saying, how can we minister to everyone who calls Faith Chapel their home? How can we continue to minister and serve and to make sure that your needs are met, that your spiritual needs, your physical needs, your emotional needs, how can we continue to minister to you? Well, here's what I need you to understand, is that everyone is in a different context. And as your pastor and your shepherd, Every single one of you matters to me, regardless of where you are on that COVID-19 scale. My earnest desire was to care for you, to protect you, and to continue to minister to you. That's why we've tried to create a safe and responsible place for everyone on that scale to be able to come into God's house and to worship him in a way in which you are accustomed. We are blessed to be able to have this large auditorium that seats 2,000 people. We use the vastness of this room to our advantage to keep you all safe. I have never and we have never been fearful throughout this entire pandemic. We've never been afraid. We've never been afraid to make decisions. In fact, no decision was ever based out of fear. Every decision we made was based out of a concern for you, your health, and how to do ministry to you and everyone that was in the church, not just your context, but everyone's context. It would have, in so many different ways, been a lot easier just to open the doors. As you felt comfortable, you would just return. But that would cause many, many, many people to not be able to enjoy the church, the presence of God through worship, teaching, and fellowship. So our desire, our staff's desire, was to minister to everyone who calls Faith Chapel their home. We love you. And we are excited about what God wants to do in these next steps moving forward. With that said, a couple of practical things. We have lifted the mask mandate here on campus. This is now a personal preference issue. You don't have to wear one when you get out of your car or when you come in. If you want to, if you need to, if that's a personal preference for you, you will not be looked down upon. We ask and encourage you to do so. But we will not make that a mandatory thing any longer. In previous weeks, you may have noticed we've stopped taking temperatures, and you may or may not have noticed we've moved the seats closer together from four rows to three rows. 
so that everyone can worship no matter where they are, no matter what their context. We, we wanted to make sure it's clear today. As we move forward, we have to ask ourselves this question as well. Are we gonna be a church with small groups or are we gonna be a church of small groups? What does that mean? It simply means that our adults, our adults and our fellowship and fellowship and our discipleship will occur in small groups. We're not just going to be a church of small groups or with small groups rather, that just has that as a ministry on the side that a few people are a part of. But in fact, we are going to be a church of small groups to where we are encouraging every single person to be a part of a small group. During this pandemic, I was in a small group and I look forward to it every single week. And being with those men and praying with them and learning from them and growing with them was the highlight of my week. And I didn't miss very many weeks, even with my hectic schedule and travel. It was very important for me to stay connected to them. I know firsthand the value that a small group can bring to your life. It is so important that we have placed a pastor over this area to monitor it and to lead it and give it full attention. Pastor Josiah will be outside today and he will give you more information on small groups or help you, help you sign up. And that's why it's so important because we wanna make sure that every one of you is connected in a small group. There are two reasons. If we've learned anything during this past year, it's this, is that we need one another. We are simply wired for connection. And as Christians, we cannot live a life of anonymity. We need one another. We need fellowship. We need the encouragement of one another. And secondly, which is also found in the local church that happened on the day of Pentecost, that verse I read, the church grew by 3,000 people in one day. From a handful of people meeting in an upper room to 3,000 people. And what did they immediately do? In the exact same chapter, Acts chapter two, what happened immediately after that great outpouring of the Holy Spirit? What did they do? What was part of the first moment of the church's inception? They started small groups. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer, and everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke the bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily, those who were being saved. I wish I had time today to break it down. You remember two weeks ago, I rarely do this. Each message is usually standalone, but two weeks ago we talked about the five purposes of the church and your five purposes and how they coalesce and work together. Outreach, worship, prayer, discipleship, and service. They're all found here, all found in that passage of scripture. And so I encourage you to be in a, and get connected to a small group because our mission that I reminded you of over and over again even when we're doing outdoor services, it has not changed. We are going to connect people to Jesus. We're gonna to grow together in faith and friendship, and we're gonna serve one another and serve our community. One of the other things is moving forward is we have to focus on and resource better our FC kids. We have plans that I can't share with you today, nor would time allow, but we have plans in moving forward that will equip our children's ministry and completely revamp it so that our kids are getting first priority in our church. If you have a child or a grandchild, you should be saying amen right there. Amen. Outreach, meet the need. We're opening our campus up. We're opening everything up on June the 1st. 
Meet the Need, and I want to just put this plug out and say this. The Meet the Need ministry met every single week at the height of the pandemic when we were working with the administration, the government, to bring food to people in our community. And at its height, we got three large tractor-trailer trucks full of food, and we had a group of men and women that were dedicated to be here every single Friday to pass that food out. And at the very peak, we're ministering to 3,000 people every single week. Can you say to God be the glory, amen? And can we just show our appreciation to those volunteers, huh? <clears throat> that served throughout the entire pandemic, putting themselves in a place maybe of risk as cars pulled on our campus. It was awesome. And you say, Pastor, and I know I can't answer all your questions today. We say, Pastor, why does all of this matter? Why does this matter? Well, I wanna introduce somebody to you this morning and I wanna end with this. <clears throat> I wanna ask her to join me on the platform. Would you please give a warm Faith Chapel welcome to Destiny? Would you welcome her to the platform? <clears throat> I'm excited that you have joined us today. Thank you so much. We're grateful you're here. Now, your daughter was attending or is attending, has attended Castor Elementary School, right? Yes, she is. And she is awesome. We love her. Thank you. And she was, while she was in Castor Elementary School, she was attending Sunshine Club. Yes. And uh, Sunshine Club, for a number of years, was run by Rhonda Barnett before they moved away just a few months ago, so there's other places for you to serve, and we had a handful of people that would go down there every single week under the direction of Pastor Brandon, but Rhonda was running that site, and we had uh, people helping out with math and reading and other things, and your daughter was one of those that went to Sunshine Club. There was over 100 students in Sunshine Club down there. Isn't that awesome? Every single week, hearing the Word of God. And as your daughter attended, what you didn't know was you had received some help through our Meet the Need ministry. Yes. And how did Meet the Need help you? What did they do? What did some of the items that you were able to pick up? Um, they, they helped me out with, um, it was, oh, sorry, I'm nervous, but um, they, um, they helped me out. Um, the school picked me, my family out to, for the family to, um, for Christmas, and Kamara's name came up. So she got a couple gifts from um, Faith Chapters Church this last Christmas, and that helped me out because we've been through a lot. And you guys really helped her out because she really was up and down that year. So a couple of times you received some food and other things. Foods, um, presents. Um, Isaiah came to our house on her birthday, and gave her a card, and her, his wife, too, um, gave her a present for her birthday on the 27th of December, and she was blessed. She's not here right now, but she would thank you all, to all the family of Faith Chapter Church. You're doing great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we, we contacted the school because of COVID, and we said we can't do our normal Christmas, if you guys remember, 
we said, hey, we can't do our normal Christmas present giveaway that we normally do every year. So we contacted the school and we said, is there a few families that um, you might contact for us and ask them if they'd be willing for us to come into their home and to provide Christmas for them? And, and Destiny's family was one of those families. And so we brought gifts and presents and we just did the food, the whole thing to make sure you guys would have a great Christmas. And they, um, this um, Faith Baptist Church helped me out with some clothes so I could come to church because I didn't really have no clo um, church clothes. And that really helped me because now I could come to church every Sunday and be here and worship to the God. Amen. And a few days after Christmas, while Pastor Josiah and, and Ashley were there, they found out it was your just to make sure you're following along, found out your daughter's birthday was just a couple of days after Christmas. Yes. So they showed back up with some birthday gifts. Yes. And surprised her. Yeah, she was sweet too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you started attending Faith Chapel almost every week when you could be here. Yes. And, and I love some of the things that you put in your testimony. I just want to read these so that people can understand your heart. You said, my testimony is all about Jesus. I was low and down, thinking nothing was possible for me and my daughter. I was in my darkest moment. Now I know God is watching over me and my daughter because my needs are being met. In church, I prayed to be saved that day and I realized that he was there for me the entire time. Jesus is for real and he will be there all the time for you too. I'm proud to be at this church home. Yes. Isn't that awesome, church? And God did something so profound in her life that day. She gave her life to Christ. She's sick, so she couldn't be here today. But you went next door, and then you invited your neighbor, Irene, to come. Yes. And Irene's been coming with you occasionally. She comes every other Sunday when she can. Every other Sunday when she can. And here's what you said. She said, I knew she needed help, and she needed Jesus. So I brought her to Faith Chapel so she could begin her journey of faith of, with Christ, just like me. Church, isn't that awesome? Amen. Huh? Isn't that awesome? Can I tell you that's how it's supposed to be? Can I tell you that the destiny was a part of that 17 million people that live here in Southern California that maybe just didn't had an adequate presentation of the gospel, but when she did, she found out that God loved her and that God loved your daughter and that God could provide for you and be with you and assist you. And now she's here and worshiping God and inviting other people. 90% of the people said they would go to church if they got an invitation. And Irene started showing up. Now she has a friend coming. What about you? What about us? What are we gonna do? Can I just put a cap on this whole thing as we bring it to a close? Can I ask you something as your shepherd, as your leader, as your pastor? Can we not focus on preference and let's focus on the gospel? You say, well, I, I, you know, I, I may not like the, the song selection. Can I just tell you, they don't sing songs I know all the time either. I have a hard time worshiping, got my eyes open, got to read every song. You know, it's not like I prove them. I let them function. I let them do their thing. And I'll, I'm glad we get stretched to do new songs. I don't ever want to get to the point where I walk in and, and we do everything and I know every single song that we're doing. It's preference. 
color of lights, preference. The way things look, preference. Lightness, darkness, preference. You know what our only preference should actually be that unites the church? You know what the Apostle Paul had to do in all of his letters when he had people from all nationalities, from people that had religious backgrounds, from people that were struggling, and people were trying to bring all that into the Christianity. You know, the one thing that he struggled with in bringing them together, you know what he used to bring the church together? The gospel. What I'm asking you to do is, is be big enough to be sensitive enough to the Spirit of God, to be mature enough, yes, to make sure that the gospel is the centerpiece of all that we do here. Because it's not okay that 94% of our neighbors don't know Christ. It's not okay. It causes me to stay awake at night. Causes me to pray and fast and ask God, what can we do differently? What are we not doing that we should be doing? What are we doing that we should not be doing? How can we do better? The world is moving in the wrong direction. And the only rudder for the ship to steer it to a different course and to a different place is the church of God. And the only way we can do that is we have Christ, the center of all of it. Church, will you join me in praying that God, as he says, come to me. Can we come to God and ask God for a heart for the lost? Can we come to God and ask God to move and work through our church? Years ago, this was the place that people came from all over the city to give their life to Jesus. It was the place where people got called into ministry, into missions. It was a place where churches were started all across our county. This was the city on a hill. It's been prophesied before over and over that this church is still the city on the hill. It's the light. But in order for that to happen, we've gotta receive the light of God into our own lives. We've gotta go so, come so close to God that what breaks his heart breaks ours so that we can have not just one story, but hundreds of stories, just like Destiny's. Don't you just love her? Huh? Didn't she do a great job? We love you. Thank you you guys. I'm gonna let you go ahead and be seated. Pastor Josiah's gonna help you. But I'm gonna end with this. When God created you, I think he knew what he was doing. You see, he gave you two eyes. Did he put them in the back of your head or in the front of your head? He put them in the front of your head. Why? So you can forget that which was behind and you could move that towards that which is in the high calling of Christ Jesus. When he gave you two years, did he put them behind you to hear behind you or did he put them in, in front of you? Where do they listen? Where does the sound come from? He put them so that he would listen in front of you. I think God knows what he's doing because he wants us to hear the voice of the Spirit of God that's always speaking, wooing us to move forward. So he wants us to see forward. He wants us to hear forward. And he gave us feet, and he put us these feet on our legs so that we could walk in a way that moves us forward, not behind or backwards or sideways like some of the other insects or animals on the planet. But we are the ones that we are created to move forward. I believe God knows what he's doing. He wants us to move forward, to see forward, and to hear forward. There's only one thing that's on the backside of you 
And there's a reason why they call it behind. It's behind you. And we're not, we don't need to go back there. The world is different. Humanity's different. People are different. And we need to be open to whatever God wants to do in our own hearts and our lives to reach the Gen Zs, the millennials, and all those that are call Southern California, San Diego their home. Because people need Jesus. People need Jesus. And if we make if we make it about anything else, then God help us. So how many of you pray with me, say, I need a heart like Jesus for the lost. I wanna move forward, see forward, hear forward, whatever God's speaking to the church. I wanna be able to go in that direction. I wanna be able to see what God's doing, hear what God's doing. I wanna be able to obey what God's doing. I wanna be able to step forward and seeing people come to the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you join me with that? The hand raised real high, come on. Father, you see every heart that's raised. I simply ask, break our heart for what breaks yours. Give us eyes of vision, Lord. You spoke to the disciples over and over and over again. He who has ears, let them hear. You have eyes, let them see. God, we wanna see, we wanna hear, we wanna perceive what you're doing. We repent as a church for we've made the church about so many other things, programs and preferences, when it's really only about Jesus. And God, whatever it takes for us to win people to Jesus, we're the church that's willing to do it. We're the church that's willing to change. We're the church that's willing to adapt. We're the church that's mature enough, strong enough, and has enough faith, God, to put aside, God, whatever we desire to do, what you desire to reach people in San Diego. So God, would you speak to our hearts this morning? This cannot be anything that's compromised. But God set our hearts, again, on fire for the lost in our community. God, let us see people differently from this day forward. Would you birth something in this church today, a mile marker experience today, that when we leave here today, that we're never the same. Our church is never the same. God, we thank you for that. If you're watching online or you're here this morning, you don't know Christ, it starts right there. That's the most important thing. Where to go to school, who to marry, what house to buy, those things are important, but it's not the most important decision you'll make. The most important decision that you'll ever make is to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. I also want you online and everyone in this room to pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, if you need Christ in your life, come on, say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin, to come into my heart. I choose to make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us today. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to further connect with us here at Faith Chapel, visit us online at faithchapelsd.com or any social media platform at Faith Chapel SD. See you real soon.